This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call it The Money Pit is presented by the Eden Pure Thunderstorm and Omaha Steaks. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Happy holidays, everybody. Hope you're enjoying this very special time of year. If you're taking on some little projects to spruce up your your house and get it ready for some guests that have yet to arrive, we'd love to help you with that. If you'd like to take on a project in the year ahead, want to do some serious planning, we'd be happy to talk you through those projects and everything in between because that's what we do. We love it. We love helping you with all those projects. We love helping you save some money and feel a sense of accomplishment when everything comes out perfectly and beautifully in your home. If you've got a home improvement question and want to reach us, there's a couple of ways to do just that. First, you can call us at one eight 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 money but but even easier is to go to moneypit.com, click the blue microphone button, and record your question right there. We'll get back to you when we produce the very next show, and we can't wait to help you out. Coming up on today's show, if you're a landlord, Realtor Magazine says there are nine rules that tenants are most likely to break. So whether you're a tenant You can actually ask yourself if you've ever broken these rules or if you're a landlord. I think you might find this pretty interesting. All right. And also ahead, for most homeowners, your water heater is out of sight, out of mind until it leaks. And then you're faced with a potentially expensive emergency repair. So we're going to share some signs that a replacement might be needed sooner than you have planned. And setting a thermostat seems like a pretty easy task. But if that's the case, why is it so many people still struggle with a house that's too hot or too cold? We're going to share smart tips to stay comfortable and cut heating costs just ahead. But first, we want to help you create your best home ever, especially for the holiday season. If you're working on a bathroom or a basement project, maybe even you're thinking of a demolition project, just not right now because the holidays, it's hard to get people to work. (laughs) Whatever it is, big or small, we are here to be your coach, your counselor, your cheerleader. So reach out anytime to 888-MONEYPIT. Or you can post your questions online at moneypit.com. Let's get to it, Leslie. Who's first? Sam in Tennessee is on the line with a water pressure question. How can we help you today? Yes, I have uh, just purchased a home that is about a, uh, 75 years old, and we're refurbishing it, and we're trying to keep everything as original as we can. I have great water pressure in every every room that has water but my bathtub. Sam, does your 75-year-old home have steel water pipes? It has the old eventually going to replace all the water system but we're having we're having to live in part of the home now and and redoing the other half while we live here (laughs) if you have the original steel water pipes in the 75 year old home they are absolutely going to suffer from interior rusting 
uh, what happens with steel is it rusts and expands inward. So it kind of clogs like an artery, so to speak. And uh, the older it is, uh, the more that can occur. It's possible that that you may have a, a bad pipe uh, on the way to uh, that uh, tub. That, and that's why you have such a slow fill out of that. The other possible issue is uh, the valve itself It's feeding water. In that same bathroom, I presume you have a sink and a toilet. Do you notice any water pressure problems with those appliances? No, sir. We have, like I said, great pressure everywhere except for that one spigot, you know, the hot and cold runs into one. Well, I mean, the other thing it could be is a bad, it also could be a bad faucet on that tub. But, you know, if it's if the pressure is pretty good everywhere else, it's not it's not likely to be rusted just at the bathroom, at the, at the one fixture itself. Uh, so I would suggest that maybe you want to replace that tub, that set of tub valves, because it's probably obstructing there. Right. Well, actually, it's got the old-timey butterfly controls on it, and we was really wanting to <laughs> keep it. But. You can find those valves today. There's a lot of sources of antique plumbing, and, and some of the new uh, fixtures and faucets are designed to basically go. You'd be using a retrofit situation like that. So you can find modern versions that look old. Yes, sir. Thank you. Sam, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Have a great day. Heading over to Ohio, Linda's on the line with a window question. What can we do for you? I'm in an apartment that's supposed to be um, energy efficient, but my heating bills and my air conditioning bills are really high. I don't think I can climb up there and put the plastic on the windows anymore. Is there any other way to make it more efficient? It's a real challenge when you're a renter because you're right. There's only limited things that you can do, but there are things that you can do. Now, um, you mentioned putting the plastic on there. I'm not quite sure, um, you know, what you're doing in terms of the plastic, but the shrink film plastic works the best where it essentially covers the whole interior of the window space, and then you use a hair dryer once you apply it, and it gets really taut and clear. That's one thing that you can do. The second thing is that there is a um, sort of a liquid weather stripping. It's like a weather stripping caulk, and it looks like silicone caulk, right? So what you do with this stuff is you essentially caulk your window shut. You put it in all the places there's gaps. And the nice thing is that in the spring, it remains rubbery, and you can kind of grab the edge of it and peel it right away. Now, the only bad thing is this. Whatever window you caulk, you won't be able to open all winter long. So if it's a bedroom window, you can't do it there because you need egress in the event of an emergency. But it works great, especially with really old windows, because it does seal them up, and it's easy to do, and it doesn't damage the windows. It peels right off. Do you have a name, or are you not allowed to say it on the air? There's a, there's a number of different brands of it. I know that Red Devil makes one. I think DAP makes one, and I think there's also a, a, a generic one. Uh, and you ought to be able to find it at the Home Depot. And if it's not on the shelf, I would ask the service desk and describe the product uh, to them. The weather stripping caulk is what you're looking for. And uh, perhaps uh, they'll be able to order it for you. But I have seen it on the store shelves. I'm right in the All right. Well, listen, good luck. I hope that helps you out, Linda. Appreciate you calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. 
That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to AIRDOCTORPRO.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's AirDoctorPro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Darren in Virginia, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? Yeah, so I'm trying to uh, co- convert my toilet from regular water in the house to a rain, 265-gallon rain barrel outside. Uh, so piping it in. Underneath my house, I had the CPVC, the smaller stuff. So what I was wondering is, do I have to filter that water? And if I pump it in there, what is the max PSI that I should use? Are you putting a pump on it? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a solar pump on it. All right, so first of all, no, you don't have to filter toilet water because it's wastewater. It's gray water, so it can go straight in. Um, secondly... Um, how much pressure do you need? Well, I guess that's really going to depend on the toilet, but I would think, you know, most water pressure in a house is going to be anywhere between 50 and 70 pounds. So that's probably what your toilet's used to working with. And thirdly, you want to make sure, I know it's, it's, I mean, it's a great thing that you're doing trying to use rainwater for all this, but let's not forget the obvious. Make sure your, your toilet itself is efficient. You know, the toilets today, uh, can use as little as about 1.3 gallons of water per flush. So if you have an older toilet, you might want to upgrade it so you need even less water uh, for the flushing mechanism. All right. Well, that's uh, something to think about also. What other what other green upgrades are you making to the house? It, this actually all started with I put in a drinking system for my pigs. Okay. Oh, you got a farm there? Or? I, ha- I have a farm. I have a small farm in Damascus, Virginia, and we, we piped, we piped uh, in the stalls drinking nipples for the pigs because they kept spilling all their water. So so now they are totally self-sufficient. They have a solar-powered pump at 40 PSI going to these nipples, and it's coming off of their roof into a rain barrel that feeds it. Well, so this is a natural extension of that, and if it's good enough for the if it's good enough for the pigs, I guess it's going to be good enough for for uh, for your home plumbing system as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely want to try to do as much as I can with Mother Nature before I have to depend on somebody else. All right, well, it makes a lot of sense, Darren. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Diane in South Dakota is on the line with a flooring question. What can we do for you today? Yes, um, we had a problem with uh, trying to put some wood flooring down on our on our floor. And okay. when they delivered the wood and they went to lay it down, they said that our floor was not flat. We had some ridges or bumps on it. Yep. And that they could not put the flooring on because it would pop up and wouldn't hold. Okay. And I'm just wondering if there's any way to rectify that. So what type of subfloor do you have that they were trying to put this uh, new flooring on top of? Is it plywood? It's plywood, yes. Yeah, sure. A good flooring installer would know this, so I'm surprised they didn't tell you what had to happen. But there's a couple of things you can do. There's a carpentry solution, and a carpentry solution may involve, it depends on how far out of whack it is. I mean, they're right. These these new flooring products, um, they have a, a certain range that they're designed to work uh, with, within, and if your floor is out of level uh, above that range, then certainly you could have adhesion problems. So there's the carpentry solution might involve working on the floor joist to actually get them to lay down. Sometimes you get um, a joist 
that is crowned and sort of rises up, there is actually a way to go into the basement, cut that beam in half, put a new solid beam next to it, and bring it down. And that will help it lay down and eliminate that bump. So that's a carpentry solution. And the other solution you can use um, is to apply what's called a floor leveling compound. Now, this is a, um, a liquid, very thick compound that gets um, poured onto the floor, and then it's self-leveling in a level, and it'll keep everything nice and flat. And that takes up the dips and the rises in that floor and gives you a very flat surface to work on. Probably not a do-it-yourself project, something I would have somebody do that has some experience with it because it's got to be done right. And once that dries, the new floor can be laid right on top of it. So there's a carpentry solution, and then there's the floor leveling compound, which is designed exactly for situations like this. Okay, I actually think that we'd probably have to go the carpenter route because I asked them about that product. I said, isn't there some kind of a leveling product that you could on the floor, and they said it won't, wouldn't work in this situation. Okay, well, I'm not sure why. Um, they probably should be giving you more information on that. And sometimes when a contractor says it won't work, what, what, what they mean to say, that's what comes out of their mouth. But what they're saying is, I really don't want to do it. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Maybe they didn't want to do it. Don't take that to heart. It may be that it can, in fact, be done. You just don't have the right person involved yet, okay? Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your calling me back. Well, if you own a rental home, brace yourselves, guys. Realtor Magazine warns that there are nine rules that your tenants are most likely to break. I wonder how many of you have had tenants break your rules, or perhaps you were the tenant and maybe did a little rule breaking yourself? Well, fortunately, the most common offenses center around decorating and aren't too serious, so here's the list. The number one offense, making holes in the walls. So this happens for a lot of reasons. It could be very innocent reasons like hanging a picture, or it could be maybe you got mad at somebody and opened the door and the door handle ended up embedded in the wall. But 25% of tenants will break this rule. Now, Leslie, as for the next rule to be broken, I think that you may uh, you may disagree that redecorating <laughs> is a rule-breaking offense, especially well, for you, my dear. <laughs> I mean, I think it depends. Say you're renting a house that's, you know, wallpapered or painted and or furnished and you go in and rearrange everything and paint a cabinet, then yeah, I totally get it. But if you're just adding your personal flair and going to repaint the walls a neutral color and this is all agreed upon with your landlord, then awesome. But guys, just don't go crazy because, you know, landlords just don't like that. Now, here's another yeah. thing. Secretly replacing damaged furnishings, fixtures and fittings. That's done by about 13% of people. I mean, I feel like they probably think they're doing a good thing by replacing it, but... Well, either that or they're trying to make sure that they don't get dinged in their security deposit when they move out, right? That is true. Because if stuff disappears, then the landlord's definitely going to try to get reimbursed for that. Uh, after that comes pe- keeping a pet on the property. You know, when you rent, um, a lot of places have very specific and understandably strict rules when it comes to pets. But if you move into a place and say you don't have a pet, and it turns out that you do have a pet, well, that's a broken rule. So about 12% of people do that. And, of course, making a late rent payment. Actually encouraged by this, only 10% of the people will pay their rent late. So uh, not so bad, really, as a landlord. Yeah, that's not so bad. Another one, and this is a biggie, is smoking indoors. 7% of people do that or, you know, have a guest over that does that. Changing the locks, that's a huge one. <laughs> that is huge. That's like making you a squatter. Like, man, I changed the locks. I'm going to stick here. So 6% of people are doing that. Yeah, and subletting a room or the whole property when you're not allowed to. You know, there's rules about whether or not you can rent a room in a house you already rent. 
And uh, about 5% of people take that. And the last one, which I think is probably the most disturbing and potentially the most dangerous, 4% of people remove or disable a fire or carbon monoxide alarm. Really, really dumb thing to do. So I'd like to see that be zero. But, you know, what's the, uh, what's the Tom Hanks saying? Say, uh, stupid is as stupid does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, life is like a box of chocolates. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. It's just really a dumb thing to do. I know. You were right. Stupid is as stupid does. Mark in Missouri, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? Well, I've done a lot of different construction work, side job-wise and everything. And here lately, I've been messing kind of with roofing. Of course, you know, you've got the shink, the shovels and all the good stuff like that. And But there seems to me like there's a lot of nail pulling or nail pounding, this and that. And I was wondering who – I've got a sort of an idea on a shingle stripper is what I've named it. I don't know. I mean, picture a – Concrete power trowel, slower rotation, but with maybe some little, I don't know, little type teeth on it or something that turns it a slow, something that you could, you know, not quite as long as that, maybe eight foot long that you could mount and it slowly turns down the roof. Oh, you want you want something that is like automatically can pull the shingles off the roof? That's an interesting idea. He wants like a Roomba vacuum for the roof that'll strip the shingles off. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, there's a roof strip, roof shingle stripping tool that a lot of major manufacturers have. And that's generally what I see the roofing crews use. And frankly, with that tool, you know, you can strip a roof pretty quickly. I mean, I've seen four guys on a roof strip it in, in less than an hour and right down the plywood, it's ready to go. And I, I don't think there'll be, you'd find a market for a product like that, which is why I don't believe that one exists. I think the, uh, the handheld roof stripping tool is, is the one you need. Of course, we use the shovels, you know, the usual shingle shovels and all that good stuff, but it gets to be a task when you, you know, you run into a nail or you, you know, stuff like that, or, and it seems like, I don't know, even maybe like a wood floor sander type apparatus to where it would, you know what I'm saying? Kind of just get it up underneath the lip. You wouldn't, the paper, you wouldn't really, you know, you could deal with, but just, you know, to where it would cut back on the nail pounding and the... Are you actually using a roofing tool? There's there's different types of, you call them shovels, but there's a, a product called a D-handle roofing tool that is available at the Home Depot that I've seen. And it's kind of like a scraper on a, sh- on a shovel handle. And it works very, very quickly to pull off shingles. Well, it's... I mean, we're using, yeah, we're using the uh, shingle, sh- I call them shingle shovels, but they, they work good. But, you know, I was looking, I'm just, I, I come up with ideas and I'm, you know, I, to be honest with you, maybe one of these days I'll come up with one to where I can retire, but you know, instead of being <laughs> well, <roof. laughs> I certainly hope you do. Um, but I will tell you that the the um, roofing tools that are out there, uh, the Razorback one, I remember seeing at, a, at an event some time ago, and I liked it because it has sort of a fulcrum design where it can get under the shingle and the nails, and then you sort of push the handle down, and it pops them right up. So it, it might be that you're not using the right tool yet, and, and uh, you might want to experiment more with some of those more modern uh, roofing tools that strip the shingles off. I don't believe there'll be a market for that particular product, but listen, stay out of it. Don't let us talk you out of it. I mean, there could be other things that you'll come up with uh, that will sell, but I've seen these uh, roofing tools be so effective that I don't believe there'd be a power version of it. Okay? Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. 
Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IAPMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com, and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T, MONEYPIT. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Well, for many homeowners, their water heater is kind of out of sight and out of mind. They don't think about it very much until they absolutely have to, and then they're faced with a potentially expensive emergency repair. Yeah, but there are steps that you can take to prolong the life of your water heater, as well as signs that replacement may be needed sooner than you're kind of planning for. Spencer Pope is the technical trainer at Bradford White Water Heaters and is joining us with tips to help you avoid an unplanned water heater replacement. Welcome, Spencer. Hey, thank you for having me. Hi, Tom. Hi, Leslie. So water heater replacement, you know, if your water heater leaks, it's always at an inconvenient time, and it becomes like this emergency to get it replaced. You don't have time to think much about the project. You're really focused on getting a plumber and getting any water heater in there to uh, restore the warm water, obviously uh, address any of the leaking damage that is caused. So, you know, it's just not convenient, and it's never going to be convenient. It's the same thing with having a heater fail in winter or or an air conditioner fail in summer. Uh, so what are some things that you can do to maybe get some heads up that uh, that maybe a water heater placement is in your near future? Are there like signs of trouble that you could monitor for? Unfortunately, sometimes it is hard to tell. There's no real crystal ball method for determining outright if the water heater needs to be replaced. Now, there are some things you could watch for. Big examples might be if you notice water around the bottom of the heater or maybe water, some water connections above it, those would at least be good signs that a contractor, a licensed contractor should take a look and help us dig a little bit deeper. 
do we have connection issues? Is there something going on with the tank? Considering the age of the heater becomes important, if we look at how long it's been installed or in service, the national average for modern heaters is somewhere around 9 to 13 years. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. How long, you know, how long would a water heater typically last? So 9 to 13 years. That sounds about right. I mean, I spent uh, 20 years as a home inspector, and certainly, uh, you know, we found water heaters that, uh, that failed at 8, but just as many that lasted, you know, a shockingly long period of time, like 20, 25 years, when, which is probably, you know, three times what was the life expectancy of them. But I guess... The advice there is when they start to get beyond that normal range, you're really better off proactively replacing it than waiting for uh, an emergency to happen, right? That's correct. Yep. Hey, Spencer, you know, we actually have a question from Diane in Las Vegas who has had some water heaters that have only lasted a few years, which is totally unusual. You mind if we take her call? Sounds good. I have two rental properties in Las Vegas, and Vegas has very hard water. I've had to replace the hot water heaters, uh, I think, three different times in the last 12 years. Seems like an awful lot to me. I was advised by one plumber to have them flushed twice a year to eliminate the particulates that settle at the bottom of the hot water heater so it doesn't rust. And yet other plumbers have said, oh, no, that's not a good thing. They were recommending to put in anal rods to, I guess, settle the ions within the, the water tank. But yet they're saying that you should be replacing those anal rods every two years for a cost of at least $200. So it gets to be a pricey endeavor. And because there's so much conflicting information, I'm hoping that you can answer what is the best way to go to try to get the longevity out of these hot water heaters. Yeah, I, I agree with what you said. That lifespan does not sound typical. So thanks, Diane, for the questions. Lots of things to unpack there, but I think the big takeaways would be certainly it's always good practice to drain the heater, flush any sediment out. That is always good, does not hurt the heaters. The anodes are also important. They extend the life of the heaters. Uh, it is important to check the anode after the first couple of years, but again, the national average for modern heaters is about 9 to 13 years, so it sounds like we have some water quality issues there. It may be good to talk to a water quality expert and have them look at other forms of treatment for the water. Maybe we can prevent some of those total dissolved solids like calcium or lime and uh, bring up that water quality just a bit. And then anodes, of course, are good to do. Flushing the heater is good, but, yeah, I think we've got a little bit more something going on. One other example might be stray voltage in the plumbing. We could look at using a bonding wire between the hot and the cold pipe, run that to a good ground source. But, um, yeah, certainly something I'd say pursue a water quality expert and get to the bottom of that. That's great advice. I didn't think about the bonding wire, but that does make sense because you do get those, those, uh, those currents sometimes that seem to come out of nowhere and can definitely speed up the corrosion process, right? Exactly. So having that bonding wire, of course, uh, makes sense. It's so easy to do. And, you know, the fact that, that manufacturers like Bradford White now have garden hose connections at the bottom of the tank and valves so that any homeowner could do the flushing themselves. You don't need to call a plumber into that. You don't have to empty the entire water heater either. If you spill water out, you know, once a month, a few gallons, you're going to avoid the possibility of any of that buildup. So a great course of action. Diane, hope that helps you out. 
We're talking to Spencer Pope. He's a technical trainer at Bradford White Water Heater. Spencer, before we let you go, uh, what's new with Bradford White? Got any new models or coming out that we ought to be aware of? Want to take a look at? Yeah, something we're really excited about is our new tankless offering. And, of course, we are always moving in the heat pump space as well. Those are bigger and bigger the more we see the green push throughout the country and sometimes even some legislative changes throughout the country. So I think those are the most exciting products right now would be our tankless offerings or heat pump offerings. And then, of course, we have lots of training options available on our products at our website, BradfordWhite.com. And we have an entire For the Pro portal as well for our contractors in the audience. So, yeah, lots of exciting things going on here. That website, again, is BradfordWhite.com. And speaking of websites, Spencer was generous enough to do a post, a guest post for MoneyPit.com, listing all the ways that you can detect early failure of your water heater, as well as the maintenance steps that you could take to make sure it lasts as long as possible. You'll find that on our homepage at MoneyPit.com. Com. Spencer Pope, thanks so much for stopping by the money. Great advice about how to take care of our water heaters and, and avoid those emergency repairs, right? Because, you know, we hate for that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Hey, thank you very much for having me. Well, if you guys love to entertain family and friends over the holidays, don't miss out on the Money Pits Holiday Entertaining Sweepstakes. We have over $1,000 in prizes up for grabs. Yeah, we're giving away a gorgeous new refrigerator from LG with contoured doors, hidden hinges, and a whole host of amazing interior features. It's a seven cubic foot unit, and it's the perfect backup fridge size. So you're always going to have room for all of that extra holiday food. And it's Energy Star rated. Plus, we've also got a bunch of $100 gift cards to Omaha Steaks to give away, which make great gifts, as well as a very delicious way to stock your own freezer for the holidays. Plus, everyone who enters is going to receive a special Money Pit promo code for Omaha Steaks worth 30 bucks plus free shipping. Enter once a day at MoneyPit.com slash sweepstakes. That's MoneyPit.com slash sweepstakes. Leanne Kansas on the line with a concrete question. Tell us what you were working on. I'm in an old house that I got in a survivorship, and it's got an old, probably was built in the 60s. I'm in uh, the prairie of Kansas. Um, it has an entryway concrete porch that just keeps cracking and cracking due to earthquakes. We had a pretty good one a week or so ago, and now it's really unlevel. Um, some of the cracks are small enough that I can fill and aren't unlevel, and I'm just wondering because I don't know. I don't live near a Lowe's or a Home Depot or anything like that. It seems like an hour and a half drive away. Um, there's a local hardware store about 10 miles. Can you fill small cracks with or do you need concrete or sacrete? I don't know what the differences are. Okay, so first of all, the type of repair material you use is different than the type of material you would use if you were, say, pouring a new concrete slab. And you mentioned Quickrete. That's a great brand, and they have a wide variety of repair products. Um, you have the option to repair the cracks. You could also resurface that concrete. There's a product for that. And in all cases, they the difference between that type of a product, a repair product, and the original sort of concrete product is that the repair products are designed to adhere to the original concrete base. You know, if it's if anything is loose, of course, you have to pop that out and restore it. But um, short of that, there are plenty of concrete repair products that are out there. And, you know, you're going to obviously have to get yourself to a hardware store or, or lumber yard to find it. You can do some research online at their website, but you want to make sure you choose a repair product because it is designed specifically to adhere to those surfaces. Okay. Thank you so much. All right. Good luck. 
888-666-3974. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Well, as the weather turns colder, many people are committing to turning the thermostat down more than is necessary 24-7 for the entire winter. But that leads to a lot of chills, drafts, discomfort, and, you know, I got to say a lot of fights at home. That's what I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's why one of the easiest ways to manage that thermostat is with a smart thermostat. Now, these thermostats will keep the temperature at home in check, and they'll optimize the temperature settings based on your routine, so you never have to think about the thermostat again. Yeah, now the smart thermostats have built-in occupancy sensors, so they know to turn the heat up when someone's home and turn it down when the house is vacant. Some of them also have a geofencing capability, and they actually can turn the heat on when they detect that you're within, you know, whatever set number of miles from the home. So it could be like, oh, you're 10 minutes away, let's crank up the heat. It's kind of awesome. I also love that these thermostats produce reports every month that show you how much energy you save compared to other homes in your area. So all-in-one, really one of the smartest energy-saving investments you can make. All right, we're headed over to South Carolina now. We've got Dennis on the line. Hey, Dennis, what are you working on? I bought a house in uh, Illinois, a house that was built in 1845. It's got wow. two-foot-thick, you know, walls. And it's, okay. it's layered It's layered stone. Okay. My question to you is, what would you? What type of mortar would you recommend to put in that, um, in this old stone home? So that because I mean, over the years, people have tried to put some mortar in some of the, it, some of the mortar that's fallen out in the cracks. Right. But right. it's all different colors. It looks goofy. I want to. Yeah. Really like to make it uniform. And mm. what mix and of sand and mortar would you recommend? Well, usually for exterior and above grade walls you use a type of mortar called an N, N is Nancy, an N mortar mix. Uh, it has a medium sort of compressive strength, and it's made of one part of Portland cement, one part lime, and six parts of sand. It's pretty easy to work with. And you can also buy pre-made mortar mix from Quickcrete, for example. They sell a type N mortar mix, and they sell it in different colors. I think gray is the base color. So... Right. You might want to take a look at that. But I think what you're looking for is type N mortar for stone walls. Good luck with that project. That sounds really fun. I'm sure it's a beautiful home. We appreciate you calling us at 888 Money Pit. Nor is working on a kitchen this holiday season, which is really great because we do spend a lot of time in the kitchen at home. It is the heart of the house. Now, she's asking which type of kitchen countertop material is better for heat resistance, durability, and easiest to keep clean. She's wondering quartz or quartzite. Do both materials require semi-annual maintenance cleaners? That's a good question. 
It is. But I think what you're asking about is the difference between engineered quartz and quartzite. Now, quartzite is actually the natural quartz right out of the mountain. It's all mineral. There are no additives in it. And because of that, it tends to be more absorbent. Well, definitely more absorbent than engineered quartz, which is made in a form that includes sealers and stabilizers and colorants. The engineered quartz is therefore a lot more durable and needs less cleaning and no sealing. Quartzite is a little more similar to granite. It's going to need regular sealing. You'd be lucky if you did it every six months, but I think you're going to have to do it more frequently than that. Uh, but it is a better choice for outside kitchens where you can't use engineered quartz. So if that's not the case, I think I would definitely go with the engineered product. Yeah, Nora, I mean, especially if you're going with a lighter color, I mean, think about it. Tomato sauce, red wine, obviously are things that can stain that surface, but also lemon juice. So there's a lot of weird things that can cause discoloration. So if you actually use your kitchen and use your countertops, you might want to go with something that's much, much more durable. Well, as you guys do your gift shopping, have you noticed how many retailers offer the opportunity to purchase an extended warranty? It gets kind of crazy. They're available on everything from a toaster to a television. Heck, even a pack of gum. <laughs> <laughs> it just does seem that way. Yeah, it just blows me away. No matter what you're buying, do you want an extended warranty for that? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> but I guess the question is, do they ever really make sense? So, Les, what's your take? Well, I mean, if an appliance is on your holiday shopping list, more than likely not, you're going to be asked, would you like the extended warranty with that product? You're wondering if it makes sense. The Federal Trade Commission says millions of consumers pay for protection that they don't actually need or really use. And so to keep you from wasting money, you've got to do your homework. So first, compare the coverage. Know what the basic warranty that comes with the appliance covers to see if that extended warranty is truly going to provide you with enough additional coverage. Also, know the appliance. Check its repair reputation online. See how likely it is that it's going to break down. And then check for any hidden costs because extended warranties often have a deductible, service fees, cancellation charges. I mean, a whole bunch of extra additional bills that you are not counting on. And aside from extended warranties on appliances, you're also going to see toys, sporting goods, electronics, you know, all of these places offering you these product protection plans, you know, right at the register or even right online, whatever it is. And this is the worst place for you to make any decision because as we've shown you, you need to do your homework and you're sort of put on the spot and you're like, uh, okay, or no, I don't know. So go in there, you know, armed with the knowledge and ready to know what you need to say for that question so that you're ready to go. Good advice. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Coming up next time on the program, if you ever feel like your kitchen cabinets are dated, drab, and dull, costly new cabinets are not the only option. We're going to share ideas for refacing or refinishing your cabinets without breaking the bank on the very next edition of the Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. 